Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lessons and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from uh, about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we are continuing our reading in the Manual for Teachers with Section 13, What is the Real Meaning of Sacrifice? And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for a uh, friend to lead us through a lesson. She does so well. And today's lesson is Lesson 350. Miracles mirror God's eternal love. To offer them is to remember Him, and through His memory to save the world. Yes, Lori, do you have an opening for us this morning? I do, uh, Lemoyne, and thank you for asking. It's a really short one. And it's from Nisargatam Maharaj. I think it reflects our reading lesson this morning so beautifully. It goes like this. Once you realize that the road is the goal, and that you are always on the road, not to reach a goal, but to enjoy its beauty and its wisdom, life ceases to be a task and becomes natural and simple, in itself an ecstasy. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Beautiful. Thank you. Anyway. Yeah, he's good. Okay, with us and thank you, Lord. Um with us in reading this morning I have uh Fran, Lori, Donna, Charles, Jessica I <laughs> Charles twice. Okay. Jessica Micah, Sandra. With us in listening, I have Mary, Judy, Roz, Harrison, and Chris. Is there anyone who hasn't announced and would like to uh, just say good morning or to join the reading list? Good morning. Wendy's listening. Great. Welcome, Wendy. 
Hey family, I'm in the background listening. Carla. Morning, Carla. And welcome. Hey, good morning. Thank you. All right. Um well, I'll go ahead and get it started here. <clears throat> With Manual for Teachers, section thirteen. What is the real meaning of sacrifice? Although, in truth, the term sacrifice is altogether meaningless, it does have meaning in the world. Like all things in the world, its meaning is temporary and will ultimately fade into the nothingness from which it came when there is no more use for it. Now its real meaning is a lesson. Like all lessons, it is an illusion for in reality, there is nothing to learn. Yet this illusion must be replaced by a corrective device, another illusion that replaces the first so both can finally disappear. The first illusion, which must be displaced before another thought system can take hold, is that it is a sacrifice to give up the things of this world. What could this be but an illusion, since this world itself is nothing more than that? Lori. Uh, Section 13, what is the real meaning of sacrifice? Uh, Although in truth the term sacrifice is altogether meaningless, it does have meaning in the world, like all things in the world. Its meaning is temporary and will ultimately fade into the nothingness from which it came when there is no more use for it. Now its real meaning is a lesson. Like all lessons, it is an illusion, for in reality there is nothing to learn. Yet this illusion must be replaced by a corrective device, another illusion that replaces the first so both can finally disappear. The first illusion, which must be displaced before another thought system can take hold, is that it is a sacrifice to give up the things of this world. What could this be but an illusion, since this world itself is nothing more than that? Two, it takes great learning, both to realize and to accept the fact that the world has nothing to give. What can the sacrifice of nothing mean? It cannot mean that you have less because of it. There is no sacrifice in the world's terms that does not involve the body. Think a while about what the world calls sacrifice. Power, fame, money, physical pleasure. Who is the hero to whom all these things belong? Could they mean anything except to a body? Yet a body cannot evaluate. By seeking after such things, the mind associates itself with the body, obscuring its identity and losing sight of what it really is. Thank you, Lori and Frank. Two, 
It takes great learning both to realize and to accept the fact that the world has nothing to give. What can the sacrifice of nothing mean? It cannot mean that you have less because of it. There is no sacrifice in the world's terms that does not involve the body. Think a while about what the world calls sacrifice. Power, fame, money, physical pleasure. Who is the hero to whom all these things belong? Could they mean anything except to a body? Yet a body cannot evaluate. By seeking after such things, the mind associates itself with the body, obscuring its identity and losing sight of what it really is. Three. Once this confusion has occurred, it becomes impossible for the mind to understand that all of the quote-unquote pleasures of the world are nothing. But what a sacrifice, and it is sacrifice indeed, all this entails. Now has the mind condemned itself to seek without finding, to be forever dissatisfied and discontented, to know not what it really wants to find. Who can escape this self-condemnation? Only through God's world, word could this be possible. For self-condemnation is a decision about identity, and no one doubts what he believes he is. He can doubt all things, but never this. Thank you, friend. And Donna. Three. Once this confusion has occurred, it becomes impossible for the mind to understand that all the pleasures of the world are nothing. But what a sacrifice, and it is a sacrifice indeed, all this entails. Now, has the mind condemned itself to seek without finding, to be forever dissatisfied and discontented? to know not what it really wants to find. Who can escape this self-condemnation? Only through God's word could this be possible. For self-condemnation is a decision about identity, and no one doubts what he believes he is. He can doubt all things, but never this. For God's teachers can have no regret on giving up the pleasures of the world. It is a sac- it is a sacrifice. Is it a sacrifice to give up pain? Does an adult resent the giving up of children's toys? Does one whose vision has already glimpsed the face of Christ look back with longing on a slaughterhouse? No one who has escaped the world and all its ills looks back on it with condemnation. Yet must rejoice that he is free of all the sacrifice which its value had demanded of him. To them he sacrifices all his freedom. To them he sacrifices all his peace. And to possess them must be the sacrifice his hope must be must and to possess them he must sacrifice 
his hope of heaven and remembrance of his father's love, who, in his sane mind, chooses nothing as a substitute for everything. Thank you, Donna. And Charles. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. God's teachers can have no regret on giving up pleasure of the world. Oh, am I supposed to read verse verse 4? God's teachers can have no regret on giving up the pleasures of the world. Is it a sacrifice to give up pain? Does an adult resent the giving up of children's toys? Does one whose vision has already glimpsed the face of Christ look back with longing on a slaughterhouse? No one who has escaped the world and all its ills looks back on it with condemnation. Yet he must rejoice that he is free of all the sacrifice its values would demand of him. To them he sacrifices all his peace. To them he sacrifices all his freedom. And to possess them must be sacrifice, must he sacrifice his hope of heaven and remembrance of his father's love. Who in his, in his sane mind could choose nothing as a substitute for everything. What is the real meaning of sacrifice? It is the cost of believing in illusions. It is the price that must a must be paid for the denial of truth. There is no pleasure of a world that does not demand this. For otherwise the pleasure would be seen as pain. And no one asks for pain if he recognizes it. It is the idea of sacrifice that makes him blind. He does not see what he is asking for. And so he seeks it in a thousand ways and in a thousand places. Each time believing it, it is there. And each time disappointed in the end. Quote, seek not. Seek but do not find, unquote, remains the world's stern degree. And no one who pursues the world's goal can do otherwise. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Jessica. Thank you. Um, Paragraph five. What is the real meaning of sacrifice? It is the cost of believing in illusions. It is the price that must be paid for the denial of truth. There is no pleasure of the world that does not demand this, for otherwise the pleasures would be seen as pain. And no one asks for pain if he recognizes it. It is the idea of sacrifice that makes him blind. He does not see what he is asking for. 
And so he seeks it in a thousand ways and in a thousand places, each time believing it is there and each time disappointed in the end. Seek but do not find remains this world's stern decree and no one who pursues the world's goals can do otherwise. You may believe this course requires sacrifice of all you really hold dear. In one sense, that is true. For you hold dear the things that crucified God's Son. And it is the course's aim to set him free. But do not be mistaken about what sacrifice means. It always means the giving up of what you want. And what O teacher of God, is it that you want? You have been called by God, and you have answered. Would you now sacrifice that call? You have heard it as yet, and they can but turn to you. There is no other hope in all the world that they can trust. There is no other voice in all the world that echoes God's. If you would sacrifice the truth, they stay in hell. And if they stay, we'll remain with them. Thank you, Jessica and Micah. Excuse me, six. You you may believe this course will requires sacrifice of all you really hold dear. In one sense, that is true, for you hold dear the things that crucify God's Son. And it is the Course's aim to set him free. But do not be mistaken about what sacrifice means. It always means the giving up of what you want and what O teacher of God, is it that you want? You have been called by God, and you have answered. Would you now sacrifice that call? Few have heard it as yet, and they can but turn to you. There is no other hope in all the world that they can trust. There is no other voice in all the world that echoes God's. If you would sacrifice the truth, they stay in hell. And if they stay, you will remain with them. Seven. Do not forget that sacrifice is total. There is no half sacrifice. You cannot give up heaven partially. You cannot be a little bit in hell. The word of God has no exceptions. It is this that makes it holy and beyond the world. It is its holiness that points to God. It is its holiness that makes you safe. It is it is denied if you attack any brother for anything. For it is here the split with God occurs. A split that is impossible. A split that cannot happen, yet a split in which you surely will believe because you have set up a situation that is impossible. 
And in this situation, the impossible can seem to happen. It seems to happen at the quote-unquote sacrifice of truth. Thank you, Micah. And Sandra. Seven. Do not forget that sacrifice is total. There are no half sacrifices. You cannot give up heaven partially. You cannot be a little bit in hell. The word of God has no exceptions. It is this that makes it holy and beyond the world. It is the holiness that points to God. It is its holiness that makes you safe. It is denied if you attack any brother for anything. For it is here split with God occurs. A split that is impossible. A split that cannot happen. Yet a split in which you surely will believe. Because you have set up a situation that is impossible. And in this situation the impossible can seem to happen. It seems to happen at the sacrifice of truth. 8. Teacher of God, do not forget the meaning of sacrifice and remember what each decision you make must mean in terms of cost. Decide for God and everything is given you at no cost at all. Decide against him and you choose nothing at the expense. Oops. Oof. Oh, sorry. Hold on, I just hit something. Um, oh, dear. We hear um, you clearly. You can hear me clearly? There's, yes. Well, I've got, I've got the lesson going on in the background or the reading, but I'll keep reading. Sorry. Remember only what you would learn, for it is here that your concern should be. Atonement is for you. Your learning claims, your learning claims it, and your learning gives it. The world contains it not, but learn this course, and it is yours. God holds out the word, his word to you, for he, for he has need of teachers. What other way is there to save his son? Thank you, Sandra. And is there a new reader for paragraph eight? Harrison, I can read now. Excuse me. Teacher of God, do not forget the meaning of sacrifice. And remember what each decision you make must mean in terms of cost. Decide for God and everything is given you at no cost at all. Decide against him, capital H, and you choose nothing at the expense of the awareness of everything. What would you teach? Remember only what you would learn. 
for it is here that your concern should be. Atonement is for you. Your learning claims it, and your learning gives it. The world contains it not, but learn this course, and it is yours. God holds out his word to you, for he has need of teachers. What other way is there to save his son? I can't think of any. Thank you, Harrison. And is there another new reader who would like to read paragraph eight? Okay. Let me cast the net a little wider. Is there anyone who would like to read paragraph eight again? Charles Charles is available. Okay, please go ahead. Paragraph eight. Teacher of God, do not forget the meaning of sacrifice and remember what each decision you make must mean in terms of cost. Decide for God, and everything is given you at no cost at all. Decide against him, and you choose nothing at the expense of awareness of everything. What would you teach? Remember only what you would learn. For it is here that your concern should be. Atonement is for you. Your learning claims it, and your learning gives it. The world contains it not. But learn this course, and it is yours. God holds out his word to you, for he has no need for he has need of teachers. What other way is there? to save his son. Amen. Thank you, Charles. And uh, is there anyone else who would like to read eight? Okay. Well, let me attempt a brief summary. What is the real meaning of sacrifice? One, although the, in truth, the term sacrifice is altogether meaningless, it does have meaning in the world. The first illusion which must be displaced before another thought system can take hold is that it is a sacrifice to give up the things of this world. What could this be but an illusion, since this world itself is nothing more than that? 
Two, it takes great learning both to realize and to accept the fact that the world has nothing to give. By seeking after such things, the mind associates itself with the body, obscuring its identity and losing sight of what it really is. Three, once this confusion has occurred, it becomes impossible for the mind to understand that all the pleasures of the world are nothing. Speaking there leaves us forever dissatisfied and discontented to know not what it really want what we really want to find. Who can escape this self condemnation? Only through God's word could this be possible. For self-condemnation is a decision about identity, and no one doubts what he believes he is. He can doubt all things, but never this. From four, God's teachers can have no regret on giving up the pleasures of the world. To possess them must be sacrificed his hope of heaven and remembrance of his father's love. Who in his same mind chooses nothing as a substitute for everything? Five, what is the real meaning of sacrifice? It is the cost of believing in illusion. Seek but do not find remains this world's stern decree and no one who pursues the world's goals can do otherwise. Six, you may believe this course requires sacrifice of all you really hold true. Well, I'm sorry. Well, that too. But you may believe this course requires sacrifice of all you really hold dear. In one sense, that is true, for you hold dear the things that crucify God's Son. And it is the course's aim to set him free. But do not be mistaken about what sacrifice means. It always means the giving up of what you want. And what, O oh teacher of God, is it that you want? You have been called by God and you have answered. Would you now sacrifice that call? Few have heard it as yet, and they can but turn to you. There is no other hope in all the world that they can trust. There is no other voice in all the world that echoes God. If you would sacrifice the truth, they stay in hell. And if they stay, you will remain with them. Seven, do not forget that sacrifice is total. There are no half-sacrifices. You cannot give up heaven partially. You cannot be a little bit in hell. The word of God has no exception. It is this that makes it holy and beyond the world. It is its holiness that points to God. It is its holiness that makes you safe. It, it is denied if you attack any brother for anything. For it is here the split with God occurs. A split 
it is impossible. A split that cannot happen, yet a split in which you will surely believe because you have set up a situation that is impossible. And in this situation, the impossible can seem to happen. It seems to happen as a sacrifice of truth. Teacher of God, do not forget the meaning of sacrifice and remember what each decision you make must mean in terms of cost. Decide for God and everything is given you at no cost at all. Decide against him and you choose nothing at the expense of the awareness of everything. What would you teach? Remember only what you would learn, for it is here that your concern should be. Atonement is for you. Your learning claims it, and your learning gives it. The world contains it not, but learn this course, and it is yours. God holds out his word to you, for he has need of teachers. What other way is there to save his son? Thank you, Thank you. Thank you, Lemoyne. Yeah, I see in this the echo of uh, what he said, the whole message of the crucifixion. Yeah, it wasn't sacrifice. It's teach only love, for that is what you are. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's the sacrifice, I guess the subject of sacrifice easily can put us on edge or, or you know, seek for distraction in the world, but um, this is really actually good news. <laughs> and doing that summary, I see, uh, where is it? Yeah. Remember only what you would learn, or and I see that as tying to the awareness of everything. For it is here that your concern should be. Atonement is for you. And so, even this is the, another section that contains some grimness. It, it's still good news. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm complete. And we're actually hey. ready to stop the hour now. Go ahead. Thank you, Lemoyne. Oh, you're welcome. Mm, thank you. Yes, you are complete. Uh, Lemoyne, this is Chris. Mm-hmm. Can can I? Are we allowed to give like loving suggestions? Sure. Um, I love that you free. I love. Thank you. 
I love the concentrated uh, reading and how it gets each paragraph gets overlapped, so we hear it two times. And also, there's benefit in the summary where we kind of bring out key points um, in what we read, thus really integrating it in our minds. The only opportunity that I have is to hear the reading not just once, not just twice, but almost three times, and that takes away from the deep sharing that I want to hear other people share about that. Thank you. I'm complete. Okay, Well, I tried to get through it quickly and open the floor a little bit there, but it is now the top of the hour. So I'd like to turn to Fran, if you will, lead us in remembrance of the lesson, and then the floor is open for the rest of the call. If you would, Fran. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Lorraine. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and we're on the last day of what is a miracle. And the lesson for today, excuse me. The lesson for today is Lesson 350. Miracles mirror God's eternal love. To offer them is to remember him and through his memory, to save the world. Okay, so I shall read some from What is a Miracle? Miracle is a correction. It does not create nor really change at all. It merely looks on devastation and reminds the mind that what it sees is false. It undoes error, but does not attempt to go beyond perception nor exceed the function of forgiveness. Thus, it stays within time's limits, yet it paves the way for the return of timelessness and love's awakening, for fear must slip away under the gentle remedy it gives. A miracle contains the gift of grace, for it is given and received as one. Forgiveness is the home of miracles. The miracle is taken first on faith, because to ask for it implies the mind has been made ready to conceive of what it cannot see and does not understand. Yet faith will bring its witnesses to show that what it rested on is really there. Miracles fall like drops of healing rain from heaven on a dry and dusty world where starved, excuse me again, Where starved and thirsty creatures come to die. Now they have water. Now the world is green. And everywhere the signs of life spring up to show that what is born can never die. For what has life has immortality. Now we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 350. Miracles mirror God's eternal love. To offer them is to remember him, and through his memory to save the world. 
What we forgive becomes a part of us as we perceive ourselves. The Son of God incorporates all things within himself as you created him. Your memory depends on his forgiveness. What he is is unaffected by his thoughts, but what he looks upon is their direct result. Therefore, my Father, I would turn to you. Only your memory will set me free, and only my forgiveness teaches me to let your memory return to me and give it to the world in thankfulness. And as we gather miracles from him, we will indeed be grateful. For as we remember him, his son will be restored to us in the reality of love. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 350. Miracles mirror God's eternal love. To offer them is to remember him, and through his memory, to save the world. And as we gather miracles from him, we will indeed be grateful. For as we remember him, his son will be restored to us in the reality of love. Lesson 350. Miracles mirror God's eternal love. To offer them is to remember him. And through his memory, to save the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thanks, Fran. Yeah, thank you, Fran. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your light. Rand, did you want to say something? No, that wasn't me. Oh, okay. This else. is Sandra. Yeah. But I don't, I, I don't know if I stepped on somebody. Was, was that a share or a thank you? Okay, I'll go. So, um, mirror, miracles mirror God's eternal love. And to offer them, which I'm being taught is through... The main way that I offer the miracles is to remember God and remember to forgive. And um, what really helps me here is in paragraph 5, it says, what is the real meaning of sacrifice? It is the cost of believing in illusions. And the illusion is 
that my, that while I'm here and serving my function on this planet, that my needs won't be met. And that's not true. There is that, and 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 what's required for me to um, go through with this process and be motivated for this process of forgiveness is to know beyond a shadow of a doubt and trust and have faith that all my needs will be met while I'm serving a function here on this planet. If it appears to the body's eyes that they're not being met, maybe through starvation, maybe through illness or something, maybe my time here is is done. My job, my work here is done. And so the need for everlasting life is also given to me, that I don't have to worry about dropping the body, that it is that that it's actually a gift for a job well done. So um, there is no sacrifice, says it in in the last paragraph. Um, remember only what you would learn, and that's what I have to learn. That all my needs are always met. May not happen in my timing, because that's the ego's timing. But it will happen in in God's timing. Your learning claims it, and your learning gives it. The world contains it not, because the world is full of fear that my needs won't be met, that I have to control, that I have to take, that I have to get even, that I have to, you know, all these things, because I'm afraid my needs won't be met. The world contains it not. But learn this course, and it is yours. God holds out his word to you, for he has need of teachers. What other way is there to save his son? So I have to believe in something invisible and that I can't see, to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that all my needs will be met in God's time. And I can just forgive away, I can give, 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 because... All my needs will be met sooner or later. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, that was great. Thank that you, Sandra. Yeah, yeah, thank, thank you, Sandra. Very nice. This is Charles here. It brings to my mind a couple of verses within me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for anything. And he who meditates upon the law of love shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And whether he shall turn, he shall prosper. To know the world, the sacrifice in which it asks for, and to hear the love of God's beauty and radiance for all his children. And to know the blessings of all the wants and the shared need we have together as one. To share that love with each other. To feed and nourish each other in that love. In the light of God's love. And to meditate upon it both day and night. And to realize that light of love will provide the nourishment we all seek 
for one another, the peace we desire for one another, in which I give thanks to realize a brother who is lucid within the dream is able to make us aware of what the real meaning of sacrifice is. That I give thanks. Amen. Thank you, Charles. Yeah, thank thank you, Charles. Thanks, Charles. Yeah, Charles, I love the green pastures besides the still waters. Thank you, Charles. Amen. Thank you. Green pastures beside still waters. That's lovely. I um, think of still when I, when I hear that still waters, I I think of a tranquil mind. A tranquil mind is one at peace, and one um, at peace is. Oh, I got some whistles. Is that for me? Talking too close. So um. The word sacrifice in this text to me is um, from the very first paragraph. It says, like all things in the world, world, the meaning is temporary and ultimately fade into nothingness from which it came. Um, That anything, you know, that God created us changeless, that we are immortal spirits in the mind of God. That is our reality, that we're spirits in a state of grace forever, that we're perfect and complete and whole, not in need of any healing. That is our reality. That is the truth of who and what we are right now. And what we need to learn is to unlearn the teaching of the world. That's what the teachers of God do. They They teach the world that what the world taught us is not true. It's not real. That we are not our bodies. That who and what we are is not contained in or as our body. That we have bodies true. It is is so. and cannot be denied. But this sacrifice, the idea that I would sacrifice the totality of my reality of who and what I am as God created me is what this text, part of the text, speaks to to me of. The, The mind that associates itself with the body and associates itself with something that has needs. It talks about this, you know, that, you know, what, what the first illusion that must be displaced is that it's a sacrifice to give up things of this world. And what could this be but an illusion, since this world itself is nothing more than that? Which, you know, the body, the ego made the body to be a a vehicle of separation, and, and that the world arose around it to validate it and substantiate it. This has all been explained in the text that the world is an illusion as much as our ideas of us being bodies is an illusion. It's a dream. So to wake from that dream 
and to see it as such is to appreciate what the word sacrifice means. I give up the totality of the awareness that I am love. Am I going to refuse to hear the call of love, the call to me that I'm perfect and immortal and that I can't change that? There's nothing that can alter that. Am I, am I going to answer that call with joy or am I going to answer that call with fear and doubt? That's my question today. So um, looking back on the world and, you know, anybody that really looks at the world honestly with open eyes, you know, can see that God did not make this the way it is, the way that the body's eyes perceive it, and that miracles are seen in the light, the light that comes from God straight up, straight up from God through us in order to see through Christ's eyes and see things clearly with clarity, absolute clarity, to see the difference between the true and the false. God did not create this. Christ would not have me see this. This is not true. And not to, not to um, try to bring God into the insanity of the world. And, you know, the illusion, accepting forgiveness is it's the last illusion that undoes all the other ones that we think, think are true, that we believe are real. It's the final illusion and the only true, illu- true remedy for all the other illusions that we made. So what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> and what's totally true for everything, being equally true for everyone, is that the truth is true and nothing else is true. Remember what the let that lesson says, you know, that, you know, you can't, we can't have one without the other. That's what makes the truth true. Perfection, sinlessness, the knowledge of God and our perfection. And you want to um, argue with it or you want to have a debate about it or, <laughs> or you want to answer the call to perfect love with joy. I'm all in. Thank you for um, giving me a place to to share this lovely text with you all. God bless you and have a joyful day. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you, you, Judy. Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Judy. Judy. Am I going to point... Can I get a point of clarification, Jude? I'm I'm not sure if I understand, um, and maybe you can help me, but my understanding is that uh, God didn't create the body. We did. But God loves us and and his creations because God did create us as spirit, and so God loves the body as well and will use it for us to return home. So... Is if if the body if there, if we're using the body right if we're using if we're doing right use of the body which is which is to extend the word of God is it still an illusion and maybe I don't know Jude if anybody can help me with that I'm complete I was asking the question yes 
Thank you, dear one. Uh, this is and I was going to talk about that because <clears throat> the word memory of God was mentioned in a lesson today. And I'm not so sure about the external text of the Course in Miracles, but I am sure about what I am experiencing right now. And what I'm experiencing right now <clears throat> is this memory of God. That's a mind thing that the Course talks about. It's not physically. I can't, you can't take the memory of God <clears throat> in out of my brain and project it onto a screen. So this memory of God, though, is this real experience of being immersed in a feeling of safety, love, gratitude, and strength, and healing. And at the same time, I'm witnessing this world, a form. And it is beautiful because it has contrasts. I'm looking at green leaves, blue skies, brown barks of trees. I'm experiencing my breath, which is coming in and going out. And knowing, I don't see this, but knowing that those leaves of the tree are taking my exhalation and giving back me oxygen. This is a phenomenal opportunity. And I'm reminded of my teacher always stressing, I came into this, through this wall at birth 73 years ago. And for sure, I'm going to leave it. Those two areas, that's a, that's a fact, be it illusion or not. I'm here now between those two walls. I came into this world. I'm going to leave this world. And I, the most amazing thing is that a piece of the infinite is in me. And that is the greatest story to be told. I am in this body. I am in this world. I did not create this body. I did not create this world. I'm not smart enough to even make one of the leaves on these trees, no less keep Jupiter spinning in orbit. So I am at awe and say thank you for this gift of this human life, even though it, it is what I know now. And I'm being... I'm just expressing gratitude for the memory of God and this wonderful place of, of contrasts and relationships or relationship. And so I needn't define the world in any mental way. I recently heard that the children of Israel it took them 40 years to get from their head to their heart. And that's where I am right now. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Steve. And it only took you 73 years, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it. <laughs> yeah, so, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is Donna. And... Um, 
from the reading of the lesson, I had a realization which I had not recognized, but I think the light uh, brought it to light. So, so this is kind of what I got, um, that we become what we are. That's, that's what the miracle is. We become what we are. And the quality of, of consciousness, I, uh, the quality of consciousness, I or we, let the Holy Spirit maintain in us, for us, lets us live it. And come to know, and come to know it, this quality of consciousness that is brought to us by the Holy Spirit. And and my, I had this uh, realization and recognized that we are that I am the miracle, and because I. Because I let Jesus, I or we, I want to include us, but this has just kind of become real to me. Because I let Jesus um, give them miracles through me, then my walk is, my walk becomes, as I walk behind me, the miracles that Jesus leaves in my wake are like petals. And, and this is what I see because I'm around people who have this quality of walking. They don't have to say anything. You're in their presence and um, or the quality that's around them. You see, well, that's, that's an atmosphere of miracles so I got so much from the lesson and I am grateful I it was full of light I am complete thank you good morning thank you Donna good morning You know, it's always clear to me um, every day that we have these uh, discussions is that um, we may appear to be at different places in our understanding or appreciation of the course. One thing getting from static uh, that's one unmuted line. Um, but one thing is true is that We're all real. We're all as God created us. Regardless of how we may 
perceive ourselves or each other. It, it, it doesn't matter. Beyond what appears to be, uh, whether I call it a body or a world, a form, beyond all appearances is the truth of who we are. And we're spirit. We're the holy son of God. We remain as God created us. And he did not create differences among us. We do that. But as far as God is concerned, he created one son in his likeness and image. And his son was simply a thought that he had, that he wanted to extend himself. And he extends himself through us. Whether we recognize or acknowledge acknowledges it or not, he is constantly extending himself through us as love. That's the only thing that he can extend is himself and God is love. And God extends love through us whether we choose to recognize it or not. Today's lesson, miracles mirror God's eternal love. To offer them is to remember him. Love to offer miracles is to remember love. And through his memory to save the world. And how do I extend love? It's through forgiveness. Through withdrawing my projections that I laid on the world, chief of which are sin, guilt, and fear. Those are the projections that I've laid on the world. And they're reflected in how I use my body which is my creation. And I use the body. To project guilt, 
fear attacks but Jesus has told me of course that I am not a bot I'm not the body is purely a projection of my separated thoughts and I don't need it. He says here that I can forgive the body and what I forgive becomes a part of me as I perceive myself. I incorporate all things within myself since God created me. So the ego's purpose for bodies is to perceive my brothers and sisters as separate and different from me. The Holy Spirit's purpose for bodies is to extend miracles, to extend love. And while God or the Holy Spirit didn't create bodies. It uses what we've created to extend God's eternal love. It's a communication device. But it is not who we are. If it were we would be in big trouble. All you have to do is look at all of the things the body does. And all it does is cause us to feel fear that it's going to be harmed in some way or feel hurt when we think we're attacked and another body attacks ours. But if I embrace the miracle, then I come to the realization of who I am. I come to the realization that I am God's eternal love. And so is everyone else. He says in the lesson, your memory, God's memory, depends on the Son of God's forgiveness. 
what I am is unaffected by my thoughts. Thank God. But what I look upon is the direct result of my thoughts. I just have to accept the responsibility. Therefore, my Father, I will return to you. Only your memory will set me free. And only if my forgiveness teaches me to let your memory return to me and give it to the world in thankfulness. God, Son, is the oneness of Christ. And the Son's oneness transcend the sum of all of its parts, all of us. It's not you, me, and everyone else adding up to one glorious whole. It's the wholeness of Christ. It's the absence of individuality. And remembering the Christ, my identity, through forgiveness, is the birthplace of my gratitude and the return to sanity. Thank you. I'm complete. Really clear. Thank you. Thank you. What a what Thank a you. great share, Harrison. That we are Truly all are. one in the Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Truly honor your presence among us. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. Thank, Thank you, Harrison. That was great. Thank you, Harrison. I would like to just share. I, I know I shared before, but I just want to share right now the perspective of the witness and that even the ego thoughts, fears, from the perspective or from the, you know, like in a tennis match, the, the ref up on that high chair, from that witness standpoint, what an amazing thing that I can have fear. What an amazing thing that I can have an ego from a, not a distant star, but from that observer place in me. Here's something phenomenal that I want to share is that everything, like right now I feel the sun on my skin, but that's getting, and, and I feel my body, so I feel skin, but that's being transmitted through nerves to some place in my brain, I guess. But this is not able to be anatomically located. There is, when I am aware of my body 
it's really something going on inside of my brain or mind, and it may not be inside the flesh. It may be some some non-material transmission that is not material. So I find the right now the idea of the body. It's not an idea. I can't locate my body as much as I can feel something going on. I believe that my body is somewhere in the mind, contrary to my brain being somewhere. My thoughts are encased in my body. No, it doesn't feel that way. The witness that I am is non-material. It is the memory of God. It is the perfection. And from there I can... It's amazing that the witness is not local. It's all happening on an inside level. Above, down, inside, out. Somewhere in me or around me. No up or down or in or out. This body of mine. I don't know what it is. Science doesn't know how it works. But from a witness standpoint, it's phenomenal to have fears. and Oh, look at that. It's raining on me. Isn't that interesting? I don't know how it works. But I do maintain the wildness. That's all. Thank you. I'm complete. You enjoyed that. Yeah. The non-local. Thank you. Yeah, this this is uh, Micah. Um, Why we had some really good shares today. Uh, Harrison, I I loved, again, that wholeness, oneness of Christ. The one son, um, you know, that we're spirit. And then how God extends love through us. You know, that was all very rich. And, and Judy, I enjoyed your, uh, uh, what you were sharing. Um, you know, the, you know, the body, you know, going beyond the body as an identity. And the, the, uh, this being a dream, that was, enjoyed that. And seeing through Christ's eyes, um, but I wanted to kind of go back to uh, Sandra's question a little bit, and it, so it brought me to you know like well what is it what is the world and so there there's just a few passages you know people can can uh, listen to and file them anywhere they want, but um, let's see here uh, th- these are some of the ones I turn to. Yeah. Uh, the world was made as a projection outward of God. Another one, let no appearance of my sins obscure the light of heaven shining on the world. What is reflected there is in God's mind. The mind creates all things that are. And then um, we will look upon God's world today. We will look upon God's world today. And uh, God created every living thing and loves it. 
And um, so it's all, all this. I like this one because it, it moves it into the mind. Um, and so all these he's are small letters. So it says, he does not realize that he makes this world, for there is no world outside of him. If only the loving thoughts of God's Son are the world's reality, the real world must be in his mind. And I think that's the key for me to understanding some of these passages of Jesus is that movement into the mind, that it's a unified mind. It's a mind we share. It's, it's the mind of God. And um, it projects holographically a dimension of space-time and a drama upon this stage. Um, and, and from that perspective, and it's all, it's all cause and effect are one when, when the awareness goes to that level. And it, it, so the effect is permeated by Christ. And the mind is the Christ mind. It's um, quite a, an amazingly creative, loving uh, creation that we're in. And um, let's see here. What, so, so I was looking at in the text where he's talking about the body. And he says, there's no sacrifice in the world's terms that does not involve the body. And, and um, down in paragraph three, for self-condemnation is a decision about identity, and no one doubts what he believes he is. He can doubt all things, but never this. And I love that passage because it helped bring that realization of how body I identified I was at the moment. And... Um, and that's, that seems to be the crux of, of freeing this awareness to move into mind as what we truly are. And um, is that body identification. And there's, and, and then the body becomes so, uh, so holy. That's, you know, that's Steve's shares were uh, great about as a projection of this mind very creative mind it's it's astounding uh what the body body is and my near-death experience where the light was projecting into a dimension of space-time the body every cell of a holographic body and the whole hospital was holographic a body on a hospital bed you know and it was it was a cause and effect were one in, in in this experience um and then I'm looking at, let's see where I want to go next. The, um, so, you know, even though he hits hard about, you know, this is an illusion, and it takes great learning to realize and to accept the fact that the world has nothing to give. I mean, that's strong. And I love it because it, it, it forces me to really look at how much I'm cherishing the dream and how much I really value my magnitude of being this incredible mind that we are. And then he goes on further, um, you know, who in his sane mind chooses nothing as a substitute for everything? This 
um, feeling of the world as nothing. But then, and then I loved it in the lesson where, um, let's see if I can turn to it. In the lesson, uh, in the, where he, you know, the paragraph about in what is a miracle, and this this is how the world becomes transformed. He says, you know, it's not like a negation of this world. He says, forgiveness is the home of miracles, and other people have pointed to this vision of Christ. The eyes of Christ deliver them to all they look upon. I don't know about you, but usually what I, I'm referring that to what I look upon in time space. There is a kind of vision uh, in the spiritual realm, too. The eyes of Christ deliver them to all they look upon in mercy and in love. Now, perception, to me, is, exists in time space. Perception stands corrected in his sight, and what was meant to curse has come to bless. Each lily of forgiveness offers all the world the silent miracle of love, and each is laid before the word of God upon the universal altar to creator and creation in the light of perfect purity and endless joy. Talk about a transformed world. And Jesus says it's the real world is still not real, <laughs> you know, because it's it's consciousness. It's and to me that even makes it more holy. You know, it's it's more of a miracle. I mean, when I that time I saw a bird as being affected by um, by a consciousness, it was so astounding. The way it sang, the, the you know, the way its talons hold held the branch, it was um, um, beyond comprehension. The miracle of what, what surrounds us. Uh, anyway, there, I, I could go on, but I, I, there maybe there's other people that need to talk. I'm done. Thanks. Much love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Micah. Mm. This is Donna. I, when I first saw this, our lesson today, 13, I read it through, and what popped out at me was, in paragraph 3, the word, word, and in paragraph um, 7, the word, word, and in paragraph 8, the word, word, and as it was being read and re- reread, what I just what I saw was how many times the word was said, but it wasn't said because it was referred to as an it and its, or a description of its quality. So, I God's word is life. It's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path, and um, so I. I said God's word, and I looked for words that were the word of God. And I got holy, holiness, truth, awareness, reality, safety, and heaven. And these are like the qualities. And I was thinking about the word wanting, uh, and, and I saw the foundation of sac- sacrifice Sacrifice begins and is maintained by wanting. 
And um, as I was reading, I also realized, man, every word on this page is the word of God. And probably before we wake up, and this is no longer relevant, God will show us every single word with a matching holy scripture, that we call it, that is already written and it's being said in another way. The other thing that I got just before doing this lesson was the steps, uh, walking in the steps. Uh, the Lord directs our steps. So I did go to some scriptures, but but one of them says, uh, it's a prayer, I guess. By, anyway, it, this, is, this happens to be from Jeremiah. Oh, Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. And I saw that directly as Jesus and the Holy Spirit direct the steps of man. And that's Jeremiah 10:23. I have enjoyed everyone in their uniqueness this morning. I am complete. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Lori? Yeah. Uh, you know, um... Here's the thing. Uh, I love how he says it takes great learning. Great learning to realize this world has nothing to offer. And and that's where um, today's lesson intersects with the text for me. The lesson being miracles mirror God's eternal love to offer them is to remember him and through his memory to save the world. Um, I was looking back in chapter 7, um, I think it is, where he talks about the Holy Spirit is universal, and no one who receives the Holy Spirit can doubt but that his will is for all. And... Um, what does that mean to me today? Um, in that same section, he talks about quantitative changes. Quantitative changes lead to a real qualitative shift. Pay close attention now, he says, because this is where the shift occurs. The shift being uh, the shift from healing to creating. I have to heal before I can realize I am a co-creator with God. And healing must be complete. And if anything's left out of healing, it's not complete. Uh, that's another definition, working definition of atonement. Atonement is for all. It is for you. <laughs> and it is here your, concerning, your concern should be. Atonement being a lesson in sharing. That's what he means when he talks about this quantitative changes. Every miracle that I let the power which is in me but not of me 
render every miracle that this power renders as I am a participant a willing participant through forgiveness every miracle adds up and adds up and adds up and in that addition that quantitative addition uh, I will experience a qualitative shift I will remember God I will remember my capital S self and I will remember that as a soul of God I both have and am everything I need miracles to light my awareness and Sandra I appreciate you talking about uh, forgiveness in that regard because every time I forgive forgive he says and you will see this differently that's the central lesson forgive and you will see this differently everything from which I withdraw my projections everything from which I withdraw my mistaken projections shows me light and through showing me that light I remember that I am light he says I am the way the truth and the light if I am the light of the world then you're the light of the world with me that's oh, to me the memory of God and memory of self I need miracles to light my awareness they're mirrors of God's eternal love they come from a power which is in me but not of me I was talking yesterday about Jesus talking to Helen saying you have taught well but if not let your teaching teach you he goes on to say that that's because everything you taught was directed away from you miracles miracles pull toward me they pull toward me anything that I would otherwise have condemned and that's why the first point in this lesson is so beautiful forgiveness looks on sinlessness alone and whoopsie I'm on the wrong, wrong page I have to get this exactly right because it says so clearly what we forgive becomes a part of us as we perceive ourselves becomes a part of us as we perceive ourselves I can only know and experience atonement as I share it he said early on being being is a lesson in sharing being is known only by sharing that's why I need miracles because every miracle that passes through my awareness shows me that I'm joined with this whatever this may be it was my mistaken projection that said I wasn't but this is part of me everything everything in this world is part of me because we co-created it through the word capital W word of God later on he says I'm with you now as you were with me then we have never ever ever been apart from Christ's mind because it's the identity we share miracles those quantitative changes in perception that occur as I re retract my projections add up to a real qualitative shift in my experience you know my experience before I came to this group was like the surface of the sea 
Some days I was at the crest of the wave, and other days I was at the trough of the wave. Always the shifting crest trough, crest trough, crest trough. That's not what our Father intends for us. He says, you who could give the love of God to everything you see and think and do are literally denying heaven to yourselves. That's why I need miracles. Because everything I forgive returns awareness to me that it's part of me. That's why I can't find capital self alone. Capital self includes all of creation. And there is. There is a real quantitative shift after a while. You you know that. I know that. Um, the holy instance that we receive as a consequence of these shifts uh, add up to restore the memory of God to me, to restore the truth of the Son of God to me. And finally, the recognition that without you, without creation, I cannot know capital self. Early on he said, the soul is in a state of grace forever and man's only reality is his soul. When I realize that miracles are those things that happen when I don't interfere with truth. <laughs> you know, it's all given. <laughs> miracles are those things that happen when I don't interfere with truth when I allow truth to be when I extend forgiveness which is nothing more than retracting my projection when I let forgiveness light my mind I realize what he meant when he says I like the world I like my mind and I like all minds that are one with me and as for as for body, you know, I'm real grateful to have a body because there's this really great thing that happens um, that, um, you know, here, I'll tell you, I'll tell it like this. One day, two summers ago, I was in, um, in a real pure state of just sharing love and um, I had really been blessed by my meditation. And I hopped in the car to take the dogs to the groomers. And the doggies hate going to the groomer until <laughs> they're afraid, you know. So I was just sharing the love of God with them. And I rounded the corner of my little street. And all of a sudden, it's like the world was pouring into the windshield of my car. It took my breath away. It took my breath away to realize how much love there is. Um and how much love this body, even this body, can experience. It's almost incompatible with the body. There's so much love that we have to give and receive. That's capital S self. And that's a quantitative shift that he's seeking for us. Is that a sacrifice? <laughs> Is that a sacrifice? No. And if I want to remind myself, if I want to a reminder that there is no sacrifice. All I have to do is turn my mind a little tiny, tiny way to the right and realize that if I bless, I've taught myself there is no sacrifice. The more I bless, the less I experience sacrifice. 
that's miracle thinking that's right-minded thinking and when I let miracles like my awareness because they're always there they're always there in fact if they're not there something's gone wrong miracles like my awareness oh, I realize that home is something I take with me wherever I go that I'm always home and that home is where everything is a part of me I'm complete thank you dear heart and join with you as well I love that share Lori this is Ross um, yeah. so beautiful to know and experience the beauty of the world of form as well as the spacious self and we're here in body for a reason you know and so we are here to extend love to our bodies, you know, to our speech, to our hugs, to our expressions, to our art, to our music, to our whatever. And to notice these little miracles that are taking place every day, I decided to keep a list of all the miracles that I notice every day. It is easy to forget, you know, just tiny little things that happen. Uh, in, in the physical world and in the emotional world and you know, bringing the two worlds together and noticing that that's what really feeds my spirit as well so I really appreciate what you're saying you know, the light of God is deep in all things in all, it all depends on how we use our bodies and how we use our means to express the love that's there. So thank you so much, Lori, for that. Uh, that's beautiful, Roz. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. This is Donna. Mm-hmm. Today, Lori, I spell your name R A B B O N I. I am complete. All I can say, Mrs. Sandra, is that there must be something beautiful in this world for God to send us here to to save it. (laughs) God must think there's something here that needs to be saved because it's a beautiful world. And I can choose to see the beauty all around like Steve, or I can choose to look at what the ego can do. And the ego is the illusion. And when I use my body for ego's purposes, it's, it's, it's an illusion. When I use my body, or the body, it's not mine, um, if, when I use the body for God's purposes... It's, it's for healing the world and healing myself so that I can experience the beauty that this world has to offer me. I'm complete. Thank you. Mm, this thank is you, Charles. Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. This is Charles here. 
the world has nothing that would I would want offered me, but great is the offering that God's love lights my miracles and lights the world in which I see. And all the miracles is the offering I offer to the world in exchange for all that I would have for my own truth. And I feel that in all your offerings today, the miracles and the words and the love and the heart. And I just really want to, just uh, no words, but just to say thank you. Thank you, Charles. Yes, yes, thank you, Charles. <clears throat> well, we've done a little bit over the usual time. That's fine with that. Um, one thing I I want to do, I, I want to ask you, not to put you on the spot, but just to ask for a second. I heard you a couple times, Chris, try to get in, I thought, to speak. So I just wanted to make sure you had the chance. Thank you, LeMoyne. I appreciate your thoughtful and kind mind that you have. I'm complete. No, I'm listening. Okay. Right. I'm really tempted to read <laughs> to read all the sentences that contain the word world in manual section 11. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring that hammer on the after call. But um, <laughs> at this point, I think that all I want to say is uh, uh, one quote early in the course, and it is a quote in the course, I think, um, a quote of the Bible, that he would correct. And he says in it, for God so loved the world that he gave it to his only son. That's us. (laughs) And uh, just want to say that. And and it, it is a gift. It doesn't really require sacrifice of anything to accept that gift. Uh, <clears throat> it might require giving up our judgments of the world or our brothers, but it doesn't require giving up anything that's actually real. So I'm going right there. Um, Lori, do you have a close for this? Can I just say gorgeous? Thank you. That was gorgeous. That was very gorgeous. Thank you, LeMoyne. Um, let's see here. So many places I was thinking this would go, but... Um, this just makes perfect sense to me. It's in chapter 11, God's plan for salvation, the judgment of the Holy Spirit. There is but one interpretation of all motivation that makes any sense. 
And because it is the Holy Spirit's judgment, it requires no effort at all on your part. Every loving thought is true. Everything else is an appeal for healing and help. That's what it is, regardless of the form it takes. Can anyone be justified in responding with anger to a plea for help? No response can be appropriate except the willingness to give it to him. For this and only this is what he is asking for. Offer anything else and you're assuming the right to attack his reality by interpreting it as you see fit. The Holy Spirit does not need your help in interpreting motivation, but you do need his. Only appreciation is an appropriate response to your brother. Gratitude is to him for both his loving thoughts and his appeals for help. For both are capable of bringing love into your awareness if you perceive him truly. And all your sense of strain and strain comes from your attempts not to do just this. How simple then is God's plan. There is but one response for reality, for reality evokes no conflict at all. There's only one teacher of reality who understands what it is, and he does not change his mind about reality because reality does not change. Your interpretations are meaningless, but by implying the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the reactions of others more and more consistently, you will gain an increasing awareness that his criteria are equally applicable to you. And then fear steps away and the awareness of love returns. That's just a brief summary of the last two paragraphs in that section, The Judgment of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. I'm complete. Teacher, teacher. Thank you, Lori. Yeah. Thanks, Thank everybody. You, Thanks for Thank you, Lori. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.